How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom, Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and of course with me, William Hanson. Hello, yes, we're here because we're boffins about the bouquets and the world of Keeping Up Appearances, and we want you to fall in love with everything to do with Hyacinth and her family as much as we love them. In each instalment of this luxury podcast, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. Now, please share with us, William, if you would, the synopsis for this episode. The idea of attending Onslow's birthday party fills Hyacinth with horror. Mind you, Onslow is none too thrilled at the prospect of her turning up either. However, Hyacinth changes her tune somewhat when she discovers that she and Richard are going to be picked up by Rose's latest boyfriend in his limousine. So much so that Hyacinth organises a cocktail party at her place so that if she times things correctly and shows her guests out after her own function at the appropriate moment, it should coincide with the limousine's arrival and they cannot fail to be aware of the sort of vehicle she travels in. Unfortunately, the limousine is not functioning properly on the day and the boyfriend has to use another of his vehicles. A hearse. (laughs) Until then, even Rose didn't know he was an undertaker. Love this episode. Love this it. is as good as episode as the previous episode wasn't, in my opinion. Oh, OK. Well, be controversial, if you will. It has a good start because Hyacinth's on the phone in Wayne Elm. Yes. She's on the phone to the water board complaining about how she thinks her water may well have been used. Now, the last time we had a sort of a Hyacinth on the phone talking to, to trade scene earlier on in this series, you didn't really like it. No, but I love this. But you do like this one. I like this one very much indeed. Well, it could be an emergency. I'm not sure. That's what I want to find out. Well, what's very interesting, and I don't, have you ever been to uh, Waterworks, Sewage Works? Do you know what? No. Have you not? I have, I have never been. Well, I went to state school. So uh, this naturally was uh, one of our school trips. 
Oh, you went on a school trip? To the sewage works. It was, I'll be honest with you, it was one of my favourite ever school trips. And you were how old? I loved it. Uh, how old would I have been? Maybe 13, 14? Right. Loved every minute of it. Oh, <laughs> you can see everything that people have flushed down the loo. Oh. It was wonderful. I mean, once you got over the smell, it was awful. But we learnt a lot of things. And did you know, mm. and it may well have changed because I'm going back many years now, but at that time I remember one of the fascinating facts... They said that every glass of water you drink has been through another human being eight times. Isn't that wonderful? I can see why people buy bottled. (laughs) Oh, lovely. Eight times. Probably more now. I feel really ill. Why? It's all filtered. It's all cleaned. But that might have had poo in it. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse. (laughs) Oh, the things people flush down the loo as well. It looks to me as if it's been used. Because they've got this um, thing that goes round and round over these rocks. Yes, okay. And the water kind of sprays out. And then anything that's been flushed gets all caught on the rocks. It's disgusting, really. And that was a school trip. Fascinating. Yes, you should go. Take Mikey. Put it on on the list for the honeymoon. Honeymoon, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say. It'd be a wonderful trip. At school, we went to St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over in private school. <laughs> I bet we had more fun. Yes, probably. Take a whole class full of children to look at poo. What's not to love? Mm. The Ooh. Hermitage Museum's excellent, though. I'm sure. Anyway, so in answer to Hyacinth's question, yes, her, her water probably was used. But she's not, she's not used to this used look. No. She gets not. exclusive water. Yes. To be fair, I think a school trip to a sewage works would have been good because I can remember watching this as a child, alarmed that actually maybe the water isn't new when we turn on the tap. Because I genuinely, as a sort of a seven-year-old, just thought, well, that's new water. So yeah. I can see where Hyacinth's coming from. But I think it should be part of the curriculum. It'd be more useful than some of the rubbish well, you learn. And you appreciate the, where the water's come from. Yes. I mean, this beautiful glass of Hertfordshire's finest. Mm. Imagine how many people that's been through. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah. I'm going to boil my water, I think, now. Lovely. A bathroom with gold-plated taps is no place for you to be trying to offload second-hand water. We cut to Onslow and Daisy. Yes. And it and and again, as I say, I've sort of mentioned this at the end of the last episode. This episode in particular is also good because it's this. Everyone's on the same path, and it's Onslow's birthday, and it's a continuous theme. And particularly in these first couple of scenes, you see both sides of the coin. They're discussing the fact that they're going to have to invite Hyacinth, but they just know she'll come. Mm. And it then quickly cuts to Hyacinth, who's also moaning to Richard that she's dreading an invite because she realises they're going to invite and she says she's going to have to come. Yes. And how how can they get out of this? Yeah. What's an appropriate excuse? Now, you are you're very socially popular and so you're often invited to lots of things. Am I? Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm sure there are things that you get invited to that you don't want to go to. Now, you are quite direct and quite enjoy confrontation. So you probably would just tell someone, no, I can't come. Uh, or do you use excuses? No, I mean, if it was if it was somebody that I like that invited me somewhere, yeah. then, and I didn't want to go, 
I think it would depend, really. I would probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. Mm. I mean, if you invited me, I mean, if you invited me for dinner, I would come. Yes. But if you invited me, I'll tell you what, if you invited me for dinner and you were also inviting someone that I didn't like, I'd probably make an excuse. Yes. Because I wouldn't want to hurt your feelings or put you in a difficult situation where you then felt, you know, you couldn't invite the other person. Mm. So I wouldn't want to say to you, I'm not coming if he's coming or she's coming. Yeah. I would make an excuse then. Okay. And what would that excuse be? Oh. Family emergency. Family? No, not a family. No, I'd just say I've, I've uh, unfortunately already got something in my diary for that night. Oh, yeah, okay. Wasn't that the best way? Yes. Yes, you see, I'm thinking from an etiquette point of view, if you invited someone to a wedding or to, or to a party and you were doing a formal written response in the days when you did formal written responses, you would simply put regrettably cannot attend and you didn't actually need to give a reason. So by extension, if we sort of apply the old etiquette to the modern day, you just say, I'm so sorry, I can't come. But then I think, yes, if it is a relative, maybe you might want to say, I can't come because blah, blah, blah. I think it's very difficult, though. If it was your, if it was your brother or your brother-in-law. Yes. And that, I think that's Hyacinth's problem here, is that it's family. And she, she loves her family, much as she doesn't want to acknowledge them in broad daylight. Mm. So she has to go. Oh, it is reminding me of an excuse I actually did once give. Not because I didn't want to go somewhere, but because I needed to... I think I was behind on an essay deadline at A-level. And so my friend Ashley and I decided to tell the English teacher that um, not only did my parents' house have subsidence, but that half a wing had fallen off. A wing had fallen off. And indeed, I read a text. Ashley put me up to this. And because I... Now, this is hard to believe... Teachers would often believe what I said, even though it may not quite have been true. I had that ability to say something and teachers would think it was I was obviously telling the truth. Right. And I read a text rather dramatically in the middle of the English level and went, oh, there goes the study. <laughs> and Mr Morris, the English teacher, went, I'm so sorry, William. I said, it's all right. <laughs> And still, I believe to this day, he probably feels that was a true story. So if he's listening to this, I'm sorry. I just didn't like As You Like It, so I just... Oh dear, that's very good. But it was Ashley's idea that the house had subsidence. Right. Subsistence, sorry. Subsidence. Subsidence. Well, yes, but no, subsidence is the common pronunciation. Oh. Subsidence, I think, is the... Uh, well, I say subsidence. Yes, well, state school. <laughs> state school. <laughs> yeah. Back to my sewage works I go. Um, we cut at this point to Emmett, who's outside in the front garden spraying his roses. And Hyacinth, of course, appears and sings to him. And as she sings, in his desperation <laughs> to get away from her, he falls over, which is lovely. I like to think that her... The sort of the sound waves from her mouth knocked him over. I think that's right. Is, doesn't he pretend he's, uh, he thinks there's a mole? <laughs> yes. Thinks there's a mole. He's listening for moles. I don't know whether you can hear moles. Uh, Hyacinth invites it. I don't think you can. No. But Emmett gives it a good go. Oh, I'd hate to have moles on my lawn. Mm. <laughs> Lovely morning, Emmett. Do bring Elizabeth in for coffee. Hyacinth invites him in for coffee. Yeah. 
But he manages to come up with an excuse and it seems to work for once. Yes, a, a rare moment where he is actually able to deftly get out of it. But obviously lumbers Elizabeth uh, with it. Doesn't make an excuse on behalf of his sister. He pretends he's heard the telephone and says that means I'll have to go into town. And for some strange reason, even though there is no telephone ringing, Hyacinth seems to buy this excuse. Yes. Um, earlier, uh, earlier on, actually, something that we didn't discuss, when just when Hyacinth is talking to Richard about uh, Onslow's birthday, is she mentions that Onslow's birthday will be like a bun fight at the OK Corral. <laughs> and it was only when researching this episode that I thought, I've used that expression myself, bun fight at the OK Corral, but I don't really know what the OK Corral is or was, do you? It's something from a Western. Yes. Now, you only know that because I told you yesterday. No, I don't. Oh, did I you don't know, know any more than that. Oh, OK, OK, fine. I just okay, know it's fine. from a country and Western film. Yes, well, from real life, actually. I think there was a film based upon it in oh, the really? 50s. Yes, but in 1881, apparently it was the most famous shootout, not the bun fight, it was a gunfight, uh, in the history of the Wild West. And a corral is a horse livery or enclosure. OK, corral... It's the old something or other corral is what the OK stands for. From 1881. Yes. There you go. So that's that's so a bun fight at the OK corral is sort of a bit of a bit of a pun. Now I don't want to upset them, but you know what it's going to be like. Bun fight at the OK corral. <laughs> so yes. it is. After chatting with Emmett, Hyacinth goes back in to answer the phone and it is the invitation that she has been dreading. Yes, but she said she delivers that lovely line to Emmett, first of all, when her phone rings. She <laughs> says, oh, I'd better get that. That, that will be someone important. <laughs> yes, we're nice, nice putting him down a bit. Exactly. Your phone call might be important enough that you not to come to coffee, yes. but mine's even more important. Really important, I think she says. She goes in and it's Daisy on the phone inviting her to Onslow's party. You don't hear the invitation, but you see the invitation on Patricia Routledge's face, on Hyacinth's face. Yes. The, the, her face drops. Yeah. But there is something in the invitation that cheers her up somewhat. Mm. She's told that there is the offer of a lift from Rose's new man, Mr. Marinopoulos. Yes. He's <laughs> Greek. And he's got a big one. And it's been offered. <laughs> It's his big limousine. His big limousine, mm. which, of course, perks Hyacinth up no end. Hyacinth then calls Richard at work. He does definitely on this occasion shout at her. Yes, it's the Furious. same people that have come back from the previous episode. Sorry, it's my pussy. <laughs> it's the same people that have come back from uh, the previous episode in different clothes in the same boardroom. And, and yes, and he's being interrupted in yet another meeting. And so you can see after last weekend this week... He's had enough. He's had enough and he yeah. gets quite cross. He really does shout at her. But what's strange is she doesn't seem particularly shocked. When you next see her, she's not horrified that he shouted at her. Whereas in a later episode, there is a wonderful moment, isn't there, where mm. Richard really loses his temper and Hyacinth sulks. Yes, yeah, she looks very dejected in that yeah. particular episode. But this time she doesn't seem that bothered. And because of this news about uh, Rose's new gentleman friend, and she hasn't had she, last episode. She didn't have. Well, there was talk of a, a very physically fit man, but there wasn't a specific name for no. that particular. He's very person. muscular. Yes, 
But now Hyacinth has to go out and get something for Onslow. Now, this is rather interesting because when she comes out, um, there's a little bit beforehand where Liz comes out mm. and finds Emmett, who's hiding, I think, in the garden because he's heard Hyacinth coming out of the door. Hyacinth arrives in the driveway and announces that she's going to town on a bus. Yes. Doesn't seem very Hyacinth. I can't imagine her going on a bus. No. I don't, but but she, and, and actually that this made me think. I don't think we ever see Hyacinth drive. I don't think she can drive. I don't think she can. No. no. Well, some people can't. Yeah. My well, grandmother can't. Gosh. She's ninety-two. She's never driven a car in her life. Hyacinth's hat is a very Queen Mother-esque hat. I think it's the closest that we've ever got to date. There was, I think, one maybe last series that was quite Queen Mothery, but this is very Queen Mother with that little pop, sort of fluffy pom pom on it. And we know that they was the same milliner. Quite. Yes. The next scene, she's in a shop. Now, she's met Richard, who's obviously broken away from work, to meet her at this shop. And she announces to the gentleman in the shop that she wants to have a browse through your quality items. Potentially one of my favourite Hyacinth quotes. Yes. I'll be with you in a moment, madam. No hurry. I'll just have a browse through your quality items. She then says she wants to buy something uh, very expensive for her brother-in-law. Hmm. Why would you tell the shop assistant you're looking for something very expensive? Aren't you just ultimately saying, name your price, I'll pay it? Particularly in that sort of shop where there aren't particularly prices on things or they, there, is, there is a lot of wiggle room. Oh, is it the telephone? You better get that. It might be somebody important. Oh, it's bound to be. We'll see you in a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. 
And we're back talking about series two, episode six, Onslow's birthday, keeping up appearances. Hyacinth and Richard are in a shop choosing a gift for Onslow's birthday and Hyacinth, for some bizarre reason, <laughs> has decided the perfect gift for Onslow is some cufflinks. This is Onslow who we very rarely see in a shirt. I think maybe once or indeed twice. And the one or twi- or two times we see him in a shirt, he's definitely not wearing a shirt that requires cufflinks. Or that fits. Do you like cufflinks? I love cufflinks. I do love a cufflink. Mm. Do you like tea bar or chain? Tea bar. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with T-Bar? They're American. Oh. You need chain. Oh, I don't like chain. I like T-Bar. Or not. You've got a or not- a knot. Oh, a knotted one. A yeah. knot's better than, yeah. T-Bar's fine for more relaxed entertaining or occasions. Oh. I wear T-Bar, you know, when it doesn't necessarily matter. Right. Lovely. Well, I don't get to wear a couple of very often now. Only at funerals. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you get a chance to wear more cufflinks. <laughs> gold versus silver jewellery. Oh. Because I think she wants gold for Onslow. She Nothing does. less than 18 carat. No. I think, though, that gold jewellery, its I think it goes in and out of fashion. Yes. Whereas silver, I think, is timeless and classic. Now, I do notice today that your watch is silver. I do. I have a silver watch and I have a gold watch. And you don't wear any rings, do you? I don't know. No. I don't. I'm not really a jewellery fan. I don't really like jewellery on men, to be mm. honest with you. Yeah. I don't really like it. Um, but I do think a man should always wear a smart watch. Yes. It's the one bit of jewellery, along with maybe a toe ring or an ankle bracelet, that a man can get away with. <laughs> If you've got a toe ring no, or ankle bracelet. No, of course bracelet, I haven't. No. Yes, no, I, I do silver. I prefer silver everything. When I do wear my gold watch, mm. people often say, oh, it's a bit blingy. Oh. I mean, it's not the, not remotely blingy, my gold no. watch. But it, I think because sometimes you don't expect to see someone with a shiny gold watch on. Yes. I think my father wears gold jewellery. I mean, the watch isn't solid gold or anything like that, but the, sort of the metal work, it's a leather strap, is gold. Does your father wear one of those little um, gold Cigarette rings on his no. little finger? No. He what, what, why, why do uh, men who have money wear those? Well, because normally they're an heirloom and oh. they're passed down the generations to sort of the patriarch of the family. Right. But there is a, there is a bit of an etiquette with it. Um, Prince Charles wears one. You should wear one, really. Well, there's not one in my family, so it'd be a bit common to go and get one. Oh. Yeah. I see. And you would only really get... You should have it with a crest on. Signet rings with initials not good common in order to hand them down through the generations they have to start somewhere so Mm. shouldn't you get one in order to hand it down to either your own children should you decide to buy one or (laughs) (laughs) like madonna yes or you might decide to hand them down to a nephew Mm. yes possibly because let's face it, your family line rests solely on your brother. <laughs> Poor Jack. Yes, and at the moment that's not going well. <laughs> Single. Why? Oh. Oh, I thought. Never had a girlfriend. Oh no, he's not gay. No, I thought it meant Infertile. Yeah. Oh no. Baron. Baron. <laughs> My Baron brother. Where were we? I knew someone <laughs> whose brother was a baron. Oh. But that's a aristocracy. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a nice little moment between Hyacinth and Richard in that shop where she gets Mr. Marinopoulos confused with um, Aristotle Onassis. 
who was a Greek shipping magnate uh, and who then married Jacqueline Kennedy, who became Jackie O. Uh, and I, I did like to think that maybe Rose could have become, had it been Anassis, Rose could have been the next Jackie O. Oh, she could have been mm. very easily. Hyacinth is then planning her pre-luncheon cocktails yes. because she's decided... Why not? If Mr. Marinopoulos, this clearly very, very wealthy Greek, is going to pick mm-hmm. her up in a limousine, why not show off to all of her friends? So she decides she's going to hold a cocktail party and invite Mr. Marinopoulos and Rose to the cocktail party. Indeed, because you've got to, you've got to sort of make, make use of it, really, and show people that you are travelling in style. She has Elizabeth round. Now, poor old Elizabeth kind of drops in and Hyacinth kind of drags her in because she wants to use Elizabeth to Mm. help her go through all of her cookbooks. Her haute cuisine cookery books. To plan some canapes. Things on sticks. Yeah. She also discusses during this hilarious moment, because you've got all the business with the pen and there's quite a lot of physical comedy there. Mm. She also talks about how she's going to invite the major and she talks about how she always has trouble with the major. Yes, which we know from even only a couple of episodes ago. Who's an old pervert. Yes. And Elizabeth says she's never had any trouble with the major and Hyacinth (laughs) says um, something along the lines of, no, you wouldn't. So rude. Very rude. And um, actually, one of my favourite, I think my favourite line in this episode is, again, in that scene, is where Hyacinth infers that, you know, she won't be bringing out the best china because the Greeks break plates. <laughs> yes. Which, of course, is and isn't a Greek thing. Uh, it's a bit of a, a myth. But she then comes up with the quote, he may have a tanker in every port, but I'm not sacrificing my royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. <laughs> and then turns to Elizabeth, there aren't that many left. <laughs> 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 How to make Elizabeth feel very relaxed. Are there any other Greeks coming? Hmm? Oh, no, dear, they break plates. <laughs> he may have a tanker in every port, but I'm not sacrificing my royal Dutton with the hand-painted periwinkles. <laughs> there aren't that many left. So in, in the process of inviting people, at quite short notice for a drinks party with less than 24 hours, she phones the vicarage. And she gets the blousy vicar's wife. Yes, the vicar, he's busy on his exercise bike with his legs out. In a pair of very short shorts. They are very short shorts. Yes. Well, he's a dishy vicar. He's a dishy vicar and he's got some quite dishy legs. Why not show off his legs? Yeah. Uh, and he falls off the exercise bike into the strategically placed sofa. Sofa, yes. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, just at the mention of Hyacinth. But manages, a bit like Emmett, continuing the theme, manages to get out of it. Mm. Yes, that's really the only moment they appear in the episode, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very, very expensive scene for the BBC. (laughs) It's quite. (laughs) At this moment, the phone rings and it's my sister Violet. Oh, it's my sister Violet calling from her villa in Ibiza. Not from the paddocks. No. She hears crying in the background, sobbing, I think she says. Mm. What's that sobbing, dear? It's Bruce in the background. He's torn his flamenco frock. (laughs) Bruce, if Bruce were around today, yeah, I think Bruce would not be married to Violet. No. He'd be living a nice life with someone called Derek. Well, I don't know. He might be. True. Because Bruce is... No, I think Bruce... Bruce is a transvestite. Hmm. Yes. I don't know whether Violet, though, would put up with it. I think oh. Violet would feel more empowered to leave him. Oh, do you think? Possibly. Oh, oh this is maybe getting a bit deep. I was going to say. Mm. Anyway, he's torn his flamenco frock. 
as you do. Yeah, I like that scene. And then she calls the major, who is Pervy personified. Yes, Pervy personified and in classic textbook BBC sitcom aristocratic set, which is just a a, a L-shaped wall that they've stuck up in television centre with some sort of dated wallpaper. Painting of a fox hunt. Yes, and he's holding, just for good measure... Horse and hounds. Yes. Uh, and yes, he, he's still being a, a bit of a perv. And this actually, this is the last episode we ever see the Major. Oh, is it? Yes. Is that, that's he's, when he disappears? He is cancelled after this. Oh. Yes. Do you think they saw the perviness was going too far? I think I think they'd, they'd hackneyed that joke a little bit. It's not the last time we see him because he appears at the cocktail party later, doesn't he? Well, it? this episode is oh, the this last episode, time, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we then cut to Rose uh, introducing Onslow and Daisy to Mr. Marinopolis. Who I think looks like a bit like a, an older Greek Roger Moore. He does a little bit. Yeah, Roger Moore and his non-James Bond years. They go out to see the car and Rose announces that um, he hasn't been able to bring his limousine because he's having some att- something done to the gearbox. So instead he's brought a hearse. <laughs> They're waiting outside the house's hearse. And then, of course, that's when the wonderful comedy really hits in because you know what's going to now unfold. Hyacinth's planning this luxury cocktail Well, it's experience. in full throw. Yes. And actually, it's the first and only time we see one of Hyacinth's entertainments. Oh, that's true. Yes, it's the... Although her indoors-outdoors luxury barbecue that comes later. Yes, well, we sort of see the start of that, but we don't see it in the process of... And actually, all the guests do look like they're having quite a nice time. True. There are actually some new new people that we've never seen before. Extras. Hyacinth is handing around prune surprises. Would anybody else for my prune surprise? Anyone for a prune surprise? There are plenty <laughs> And uh, she's she's keeping on the move, circulating. No one's actually able to take a prune surprise. Because she's trying to keep on the move from the major, who there is a wonderful... I mean, it's like something from a circus, mm. where the major tries it on with Hyacinth, and she, with a tray of volivons mm. of her prune surprises, custard pies him on his front. She kind of slaps the tray and squashes the volivons against him. I love that moment. Yes, that shows him. Doorbell goes... It's Rose, arrived with the hearse. Hyacinth goes out to inspect the vehicle and sees the horror. The look on her face is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. As is the moment where she then decides to try and cover her horror <laughs> by racing back into the room filled with her friends, opens the door and just goes... <laughs> <laughs> Look like she's having a nice time. And it's moments like that where you just think, God, I'd love a friend like Hyacinth. Can you imagine how funny it would be? <laughs> oh, dear. She's hilarious. And then I think what, what what's interesting about what then happens next, obviously she's trying to get rid of her guests. Yeah. The guests won't leave. Now, this is, again, a very rare moment where her guests are staying at Hyacinth's and yeah. are not clambering to go. No, they're marvelling at the front garden. Yes, she's had some special flashing brought down from a monastery or something. She's in Toulouse. <laughs> yes, she has. Yes, and of course, the hearse keeps driving past. Mm. Now, this hearse, you know me, I'm, I'm a little bit geeky when it comes to cars. Yes. You know my love of the Rover. Oh, Do yeah. Do you know what, what that hearse is? No. It's a little bit before your time. Yes. 
That hearse was an Austin princess. Oh. Yes. I think I know one of those. The Austin <laughs> Austin princesses yes. were around. I mean, they were around for a long time, but that was from the 1980s, that particular model. Okay. And they were quite a popular lower middle class funeral director's hearse. Ah. Oh. Oh my gosh! I don't. You see, I, this is a world I haven't even explored. The sort of class status of hearse. What kind of hearse do you want when you croak it? Um, I'm going to have a gun carriage. A gun carriage. Yes. Oh, how nice! I want a Volvo V70 estate. <laughs> I love the. Fact, <laughs> I love the fact that you planned that. I think it's understated luxury. What and what's different about that than an Austin Princess? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think Austin Princess hearses probably have rusted away now. Mm, okay. Um, but I just think of a Volvo hearse. I just think it's luxurious without being too ostentatious. I think it's nice. It's, it's understated. My mother, yes, when sadly she died, um, we had her taken to the crematorium in a Rolls Royce. Oh, nice. Oh, it's very exclusive. Yes. And would she have enjoyed that? She wouldn't have been that bothered, to be honest. Oh, right. Okay. No. no. But I want a Volvo, and you're going in a gun carriage. Yes. Oh. Well, at least we've now put this out into the into the public domain, should we Oh, go. I've already had it written into my will. Oh, my God. You've, now, I'm quite specific in my will, no, but I'm not that specific. It says, Jonathan will be taken to the crematorium in a Volvo hearse, a V70 estate. Oh, my God. You're like the Duke of Edinburgh. This, there you go, you see. Wow. So remember it, ladies and gentlemen, please. Amazing. Anyway, this Austin Princess hearse keeps going round and round. And, of course, every time it does, Hyacinth tries to distract her guests. And <laughs> then the, the episode kind of builds up to a final crescendo with the line. The cufflinks are going back. There's a pair of cufflinks that's going back to the jewellers first thing first in the morning. First thing in the morning, yeah, quite. It's a good episode. It's I'm, a lovely episode. I'm not sure the end is brilliant. But, but it's, it's stronger than it was. Better than the last yeah. one, yeah. Exactly. Well, before we go, should we see how much we were paying attention? Oh, let's. From where is Hyacinth's sister, Violet, calling from? Oh, well, I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Oh. My luxury villa in Ibiza. I don't know if she does call it a luxury villa no. in Ibiza. But we never hear of the villa again. No. no. Probably sold off. <laughs> to, pay, gonna, to pay for the flamenco dresses. They can only spend three months a year there anyway now. Yes. <laughs> If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now listen back to William and me chatting through every episode before this one. There'll be a new episode of our Series 2 analysis every Wednesday, very exclusive day, until the end. As always, though, we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. So if you wouldn't mind terribly, picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call and instructing them to join us while we'd be so frightfully grateful. Goodbye. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.